You guys want to talk more, see if we can squeeze in something for the intro? Just one more thing. Tucker, I know some friends in the CIA. I've got some dirt on you if you ever release it. <laughs> He's going to put that as look as the intro. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast that you can lose with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts out there, but we're not going to be critics, we're not going to be throwing numbers at you, we're just going to be two friends at the end of a conversation that answers the question, so did you like it? I am Sir Square, and joined as always by my co-host, I'm the cursed corpse in the wall, Kaz. Ooh, that was a good one, that was a solid one, I, that, that is your energy, isn't it? Anyway, we checked out the 1981 film The Beyond, uh, directed by Lucio Fulci, uh, starring Catherine McCall, McCall and David Warbeck. This is a story about, you know, Porter LaHell. I feel like that's the best way to put it. I think the best way to put it is I think Square and showed me a snuff film. <laughs> I basically showed you a snuff film this week. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Like I let me explain how this became a movie option real quick. Like I was on my phone as most mistakes happen. You know, I get an article alert where it's just like, "Hey, these are uh 10 films that don't get enough credit that have really great ending scenes." And this movie was on there. And I won't lie, the ending scene, like the ending sequence, when you get the final shot, really poetic. Rest of the film, wow, it did not explain it with any real justice, because I would have not have chosen this movie if I had known. Nah, it seems like the type of movie you would suggest. <laughs> Look, Lair of the White Worm was a situation where it was so bad it was good. I don't know what to tell you about this. Like, it I just meant King Arthur. Ew. Don't you dare speak that name to me ever again. I'm a, sh- I'm a shuffling. I'm a you... doing my little shuffle dance. <laughs> Go Yay. and beat that shit out of you, damn it. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of, I, I have to tell Grindhouse releasing here, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't have brought this to bigger audiences. I mean, it seems on par for those types of movies. Like yeah, this, I, I this is basically like a Suspiria. Like, Suspiria doesn't exactly fully explain itself either. It just goes ham off the rails. But at least with Suspiria, it creates a conversation where, like, a lot of times when you bring up Suspiria, a lot of film, people have either seen it or actual, like, people who declare themselves film buffs, you know? There's a conversation that'll always be ignited by Suspiria because everyone's going to have their own opinion on this. I feel like the only conversation I can have about the beyond is I'll look at you and be like, yeah, that movie was weird. And you just go, yeah. And that was it. <laughs> like, hey, that's man. that's the conversation. Like, there is, I, I don't think there's any sort of real deeper meaning to strip from this. Like, maybe the greed of humanity and, like, the folly of people that don't want to, who believe that seeing is believing and not believing is seeing. But... It doesn't earn any of that. There's nothing that this film earns besides it's just gore. It is a very gory <laughs> not, film. Not that it's a message or anything, but it kind of has that like evil dead sort of like evil is inevitable kind of thing. Yeah, I can get that. I can get that. Like some people will tell you that this is a film about like revenge and all that, where it's just like, is it though? Like, is it really about revenge? It's a movie about how you better hold on to that goddamn ladder if you're going to read on top of it. (laughs) Not just ladders. Better hold on to that goddamn scaffolding if you want to stay on top of it. The amount of people that die in this movie because of falling from heights is... Look, one death falling from a height, that's fine. Two deaths, that's egregious, all right? Come on. (laughs) Did he die from that fall from the scaffold? Uh, he did. That man died from the scaffolding, and the second man... He was injured, and then did he just die of his wounds off-screen, or what? Oh, he definitely died of his wounds. It seemed like something, one of his bones probably, uh, broke and punctured something inside of his body, because he started coughing up blood. That'll happen. That'll happen, you know? You fall from... You fall from, what? Three three stories? stories, I think it was a three-story fall. And it was all because he saw a woman in the window, and he was like, Ah! Who was that woman? That was Liza. Okay. And That's what we I thought. S- we see Liza in 1927 where the film starts. Like, when we see the warlock Shwek doing his... Which, honestly, like, if, <laughs> if I'm going to be Shrek. honest about... 
one of the things about this film, there is a painting that is central to the movie. It's like Schleck makes this portrait of hell. And it is one of the most, like, wet, like, for me, uh, drawing depiction, like, to my eyes. Like, I couldn't stop looking at this picture. Like, if I could get a, uh, a copy of this from, like, the film, like, on canvas, I would because I thought it was very poetic with what it was. Uh, while he's making that pi- that like he's painting that, I think she's in the hotel at the same time with her dog. Yeah, but this is before we even meet her and bring her in, right? Yeah, no, she was just someone that was there at the time, and I th- and you know what? I don't even understand her story fully. I think like she was dragged into hell with Schweck, but she somehow escaped. And was able like to live it. like a half exi- like a half ghost like existence for six, almost sixty years until Schweck finally uh, tracked her down and dragged her back. Yeah. As far as that painting, you you finished Dark Souls, right? Yeah, I finished Dark it Souls. It's a very like you know at the end you go to that final area where the boss is and it's just everything encased in ash. Yeah, yeah. It's just darkness and ash, and yet so well lit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I you're, you're you're right about that. I really like that um that example you're given because that was the same feeling because it was like an area where you get to that ending in Dark Souls and like it's you can tell this is supposed to be a place of like light and warmth that is completely gone and like there's just full despair there and like I feel like that's what this painting really showed too and I liked it. It's just the rest of the movie is the problem. <laughs> say problem what are you gonna tell me i say i say fun little adventure (laughs) okay you know what i'm usually want to do this but how about you go ahead and explain this fun little adventure for us then kaz we got some great special effects okay shit you're right about that very good practical special effects where it's like you know you got that thing and i'm assuming i'm no movie guy i don't know how special effects actually work i'm assuming the way they had it because when we have our warlock friend just chained up at the beginning was it him that got it? Yeah, him that got yeah. it. And they're like just spiking nails into his wrist, a la Christ. And uh, you can see his hand is still moving while they're spiking it in and blood just gushing out. And I'm assuming they got it, you know, someone's hand like sticking out from the other side and the prosthetic is just attached to the wrist. But it looks so fucking good and they refuse. This movie refuses to cut away. This is got- over gratuitous at some point, so you have to admit, like, <laughs> Dude, the amount of times we watched this guy get whipped with chains at the beginning of the movie was almost egregious, man. Like, the first one was like, dang. The second one was like, holy crap. The third one was like, they're really beating on him. The fourth one was like, okay, like, I don't need to see this much gore. That's the thing. You only see him actually get whipped with special effects, like, twice, I think. One to the face and the other to the chest but after that it's more like implied like you see the chain you see like shots of him and sound effects but you don't actually see him get whipped that many times i'm right now i've got this movie pulled up on youtube i'm about to count all these whippings i was about to say i'm like i think it's one of those things where your brain fills it in it's like uh fuck there's a perfect example of that i'm trying to think what movie it was there's a movie where they do that, and the the company... Oh, it's a uh, Saw movie, the first Saw movie. People can swear up and down that when they saw it, that they were watching him cut off his leg. But it's just that the sound effects, his screaming and the music... Yeah, and well no, as, isn't it the... The camera like shots are it? so good that you don't actually see him cutting off his leg. Isn't it usually... Uh, aren't they focusing on, like, Adam in that sequence, too? They do. I mean, the Saw movies uh, camera moves all around everywhere all the time. Uh-huh. But, like, you see him holding the cloth so he can, you know, tur- like, uh, like, you know, not tourniquet, uh, but when he, like, cuts off the circulation to his leg. So you can see his face as he's sawing away, but you don't actually see him sawing the leg. I'm saying uh, yeah. seesaw too many times. <laughs> you want to ride a seesaw? Dude, let's do a podcast on a seesaw. Dude, watch- do not... Tempt me, okay? We're gonna do a podcast on the seesaw, and we're gonna talk about the movie Saw. We're gonna (laughs) seesaw and seesaw. (laughs) We're gonna make this happen. If we have to bring recording equipment out to a park and look like a bunch (laughs) of creeps, we're gonna make this happen. Just sitting there, like going up and down. It's like, 
Hey, do you remember when that guy got his face lasered off by that death trap? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're just going to keep talking about it, and like I'm going to go on a tangent about all this bullshit that I know about Saw for some reason. A five-year-old starts crying in the distance. (laughs) And I start going off and talking about it, and you're going to be like, hey, hey, buddy, you're forgetting to jump. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Whee! It's like, hey, man, hey, man, like, I, I... I really like being up this high, but you know it's supposed to be a seesaw effect here. I can't just be up here by myself, my guy. You're right. You're right. Right. All right. So, oh, and I started jumping, and just like, all right. So, <laughs> Zep was in Lost, not canonically, but the guy is the is there, <laughs> and he's a sleazeball there too. You know what was a very interesting choice for the beginning of this movie too? Yeah, the sepia tones. Oh yeah. At the very beginning of this movie, it is just completely saturated in sepia tones. So much so that I thought that... I thought we were watching The Wizard of Oz at first. I thought the whole movie was going to be like that to the point where I think I... I think I didn't even notice it switch, but now that I'm thinking back, I'm like, oh yeah, the whole thing wasn't in sepia. No, it wasn't. Like, it was the first, like, eight minutes, but it was so jarring. It was just like, then it goes to color. It's just like, ah, yes, we are no longer in Kansas. <laughs> oh, gory, gory, terrible Kansas. Hey, okay, all right. Maybe we shouldn't give Kansas that much shit because this movie happens in New Orleans because, you know, all gates of hell are found in New Orleans because where else are you going to find a gate to hell? Yeah, it seems right. I guess. You have seven portals. Seven portals, seven continents. There's one in each continent, and it's going to be in places like New Orleans, which... Actually, you know what? Where would the Antarctica portal be? In in Antarctica. I feel like it's buried with the kingdom of the penguins. You cannot tell me there is not a kingdom of penguins in Antarctica. I know for a fact they're hiding something down there. Oh, man. Now I just see this whole beginning torture scene with the whips and the nailing (laughs) and all that stuff, but with a bunch of claymation penguins. It's a really fucked up beginning to Happy Feet. Happy Feet's already fucked up, man. <laughs> okay, I'll, okay. I'll okay. never get that image of the, of the fucking little penguin losing his goddamn mind inside the zoo. Oh my gosh. Man, we should watch Happy so, Feet next week. So bleak. <laughs> okay, okay. You might be wondering as we're like doing this episode why there's so many tangents away from this movie. Uh, it's It's a situation where like, this movie is an hour and a half, less than an hour and a half. But to me, it almost felt like we were watching another two-hour film. It moves like at its own weird pace to where it seems slow, but it's quick. And I couldn't tell if I was just appalled or bored or enthralled. There's a lot going on in this situation with this movie. I don't think I was ever bored. Yeah, it maybe did feel longer than it was, but it definitely never like... It's not like it, the the movie ever stopped and like was like doing too much exposition or things weren't moving along. Things oh, this movie did not along. give enough exposition. To that's, what be saying. Things, that's what I'm saying. Things were always moving along though, so it's not like it ever felt like, oh man, this sure is plotting. No, it just I don't know. Like I don't know what it <laughs> is about this movie, to be honest. Like it doesn't say enough. But it doesn't outstay its welcome. It's not too long. It sometimes can feel like it's a little bit long in places because it's not explaining itself properly, it feels like. I don't know, man. Like I really don't. <laughs> this movie straight up confuses me. This, this movie is Square and Personal Hell. An unexplained movie. Like, I don't... <laughs> they give you just it's... enough... Just enough answers to, like, make you curious, but leaves you with more questions. <laughs> And they're not even questions that I feel like are hard to answer. It's, like, basic questions that should have been answered. Like, what was the purpose to any of this? Like, was it a situation of a prophecy? Like, was the Ivan, like, a prophecy book? And it foretold that, like... Oh, yes, apparently, as this happens, a wide-eyed woman reads from the ancient tome Ibin, prophesizing the opening of one of the seven gates of hell. I mean, it's pretty cool to have, like, the hellish 
threat, just an un- unknowable thing. Like, if you have a prophecy, an explanation of, like, oh, some idiot's going to read a book and it'll start this event, and only when blah, 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 and such and such happened is the force of hell. Rather, like, why don't they just, like, yeah, it's going to happen. We're going to make it happen. They don't need to understand any of it. <laughs> Fuck them. Uh, I would love if the Ibid just literally said, like, it's going to open up. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you can't stop this. There's the no book. stopping yeah. Read the book. What are you going to do? Not? That's right. <laughs> what if the book just said, ha ha, evil dead rules, and then the L just opens up? I want the book to just say L plus ratio. <laughs> <laughs> Sign Satan. <laughs> <laughs> About to end this base existence. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. Sounds like we got a movie on our hands. Um, hey, man, yeah, let's go make a movie real quick. <laughs> I got a question, though, because there was one part that I refused to watch of the movie. Yes, and I, I think, know. I think even people, I, I you know, I, I, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I've made it, like, no, or, you know, I've made it no mystery that I'm severely arachnophobic. Uh, uh, and w- guys, when we say, so, when he says severely, it's not a situation of, like, he gets the chills, if a spider is even mentioned, he doesn't have to see it. He will just walk out the back door of wherever building he's in. Ooh, I got the shivers just you saying the word spider. Like, he is he is deathly arachnophobic. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so, so you warned me that there was going to be a part. You're like, yeah, a guy's going to fall off a ladder and then just don't watch. I'm like, all right. And so I was just on my phone, like, looking at, like, pictures of ass on Twitter. And I was like, <laughs> my vision. I could just see movement. And I was like, ah, it's, it's, no, I can't, I can't. And so, uh, it was, it was real nasty. But even just listening to you guys watch it. Even y'all were just like, I, I have to look away. I can't watch. This, this, this is just so... Oh, God. I... Okay, let me explain this sequence then. Like, it was wild. So, there's a character in this book whose name is... Uh, what is his name? John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. No, that's the doctor, unfortunately. Oh. I think his name was Larry... Hoping you were going to complete the joke and be like, no, that's my name. (laughs) No, his name is Martin. His name is Martin. He's like helping the main character who, a little bit of a plot point. The main character of this movie, her name's Liza. She has just been uh, given a hotel that she has inherited from like New Orleans in 1981. Wait, our main character's name's Liza? Yeah. And you're saying Liza was the one in the window at the beginning with the scaffolding? I thought that was a different lady. No, Liza is the one that inherited... Yeah, the hotel. I, I asked Emily you the lady in- oh. is the one who is okay. blind. Okay, sorry, just I messed that. Up. I yeah, mess you said up. there was Liza, and I was like, okay, and I just assumed that that lady's okay. Yeah, sorry. Liza is the one that owns the hotel. Uh, Emily, or okay. yeah, Emily's the. I need ghost. to get need to get my name straight because because uh, uh, once you explain this uh, scene, uh, I have some questions because I didn't watch this scene. <laughs> Okay, so Martin is this character that's just helping Liza with the setup of this hotel. Um, you, I don't, you don't know if they're friends or business associates, but there's no really like, like you don't have to worry about any sort of tension between the characters. So there's when all the weird stuff in the hotel starts to happen, Martin takes it upon himself to go look for the hotel's blueprints in like city archives, so they can kind of maybe see what people are talking about because. The biggest problem they're having right now is even though there's no electricity or plumbing to the hotel right now, their basement is flooded, and that makes no sense. So he's trying to figure this out. He then figures out, like, the blueprints reveal that there is an unexplained space in the basement that has been boarded up. And as soon as that happens, like, Martin is knocked off his ladder by some, like, unknown, unseen entity as, oh, like, lightning Oh, I thought he just got freaked strikes. out by lightning. No, it's supposed to insinuate that, like, something pushed him at the same time, you know? Oh, I thought it was a dumb slapstick, like, lightning. Whoa! <laughs> God, it would have made more sense at that point. Falls off the ladder. <laughs> he falls off, snaps his spine, goes full paralyzed. So you think to yourself, that's already a pretty bad way to go, you know? Someone's going to have to find him like that, and either he'll be dead or not. No. No, we can't end things that easily. 
We then watch an army of spiders just appear. Remember, he's in a type of archival library area, so there's no space for these spiders to really crawl out of, but they just crawl out of places, and we're talking big boys. We're talking like big, hairy, tarantula-style spiders here. I was squeamish already. I was not okay watching this. I felt like I should be like Kaz and just look at my phone. Yeah, look at Aspic. <laughs> <laughs> and so you thought like it was in situations like this, you know, a character's usually swarmed, they scream, they cut away. No. No, we don't get that. I, I said at the beginning. We, we don't movie get refuses that. to cut away. It will not cut away. It's Instead we audacious. get I think it was like three to five minutes of spiders crawling over this dude's body and then eating him alive. We got to watch, and it was one of those like uh, sequences too, where like the they did it to where like they put a spider on top of like a pane of glass, and the camera under the pane of glass, so they could get underbody shots of these spiders with their like just giant fangs, and they're just tearing into this dude's flesh, crawling into his mouth, eating away at his eyes, and it was. As Kaz was, you know, in his own little personal heaven on Twitter, basically. I would not call Twitter a heaven. It's it's really not. Uh, me, Nan, and Ace had joined us for this movie. We're just yelling out in just <laughs> appalled disgust, like, Ugh, heavens, my dear, why would you do this? It, it was a little cartoonish. You just hear a bunch of grown men, Ooh! <laughs> why? <laughs> It was, it, it didn't need to go that long. Like, I I feel like this was a sequence that could have made anyone arachnophobic, you know? Like, okay, okay, like, this was too much. Too much. You and Ace both saying, like, no, nah, I, I can't keep watching this. I'm not going to look at this. Fucking, I look, peek over at Nan, and he's just, he doesn't look away. He wasn't even paying attention to the most of the movie. He was on his phone, but this man was just soaking it all in. <laughs> I don't know if that means he's a champion or if he's a fucking sadist. But um... <laughs> I understand using spiders in horror films. Like it's a very common trope. Spiders are always dealt with like forces of evil. But I don't need that long with them. <laughs> you could have just cut away. Damn it. Well, at least you know it'll stick with you. That's for sure. I don't want it to, Kaz. <laughs> I don't want it to stick with no, me. No, you don't, but I think a movie maker would like a, some their movie to stick with people. This is not for the right reasons. <laughs> this is not for the right reasons. Yeah, probably not. Did all. the effects for that look good, at least? I'm assuming, since there was a lot of whinging. Uh, the, like, the body effects were great. It was the spider effects that were... Like, you could tell there were real spiders mixed in there. Like, you could tell there were real tarantulas, non, non-venomous tarantulas that really don't attack oh, humans. Oh, okay. You're right. That that changed everything. I take back my ugh. No, you can still, uh, it's fine. <laughs> um, but then there were fake spiders, you could tell, and they they had a, they had such more robotic movement compared to the real ones, you know? Yeah. It was like a situation with the real ones, you could see all eight legs move, but with a fake one, it was kind of just like being scooted along, almost, like a string is just kind of pulling it on the body. So yeah, I, I, I kind of that's what it seemed like uh, from from the sound effects and periphery that um, the spiders just kind of came out of nowhere. They did. But, like I I cannot like I'm again I have this movie pulled up right now for the because like I can't I can't remember anything about this movie. It's hard to remember anything about this movie. That's what it wants. Uh, but Good like, for it, I guess. Other than that. And, like, maybe Emily at the window at the beginning. There's always an explanation. Okay, I, I take it back. The ending kind of really goes off the rails. But there's usually an explanation on where something came from. Like, the body, the, the corpse, uh, the, the, the corpse at the, uh, uh, that was stuck in the wall, that one comes to life and kills people. Uh, there's other people who become dead, and then they, as corpses, attack people. It's not like every, anyone just ever materializes and comes out of nowhere until the very end. But the end is, I kind of really like the end, and I don't, 
but uh, but yeah, what I what I'm saying is these spiders materialize, and nothing else has done that in this movie. Yeah, no, I'm literally watching it right now. All the they kind of materialize out of nowhere. They didn't like come. They kind of come out of darkness outside of the scene, but it's not really like shown where they're coming from. And this scene is almost four minutes long. And it's like a. It's like an impractical amount of spiders, right? It's not like, oh, you know, maybe some were just kind of stowed away in the archive. It's like, no, this is obscene. You have a pest problem. Get the whole place fumigated. Oh, gosh. Oh. Yeah, one of these spiders... <laughs> Square and live reaction. Yeah, I know. It's really bad right now, guys. One of the, I'm watching one of these spiders rip out the tongue of this dude. Like, spiders can't really do that i feel but this spider but has the power hell spiders demon hell spiders they can rip your tongue out and they will honestly i think the most conf one of the more confusing parts about this movie is emily's existence emily is a little baffling i think because like have the closest theory on her I is she actually here's the thing it's like they're depicting she's a ghost because when we first get introduced to her, it's the beginning of the movie. It's 1927. The second time we meet her, she's the reason the dude falls off the scaffolding at the beginning and dies from his wounds. But she doesn't her. look like she's aged. Well, yeah. they don't ever find her, but she's then Liza runs into her. eyes. With, like, the cracks in them, too, which I really yeah. liked. It was, like looking at a, it was like looking at um, either old marble statues... That have started to decay and crack. Or like when you see white paint crack on a canvas. It was really... I did like that effect. I thought that was yeah. a really interesting way of showing like... Be, losing sight because you have learned too much. You've gone beyond the veil that humans are allowed to see. And the knowledge has taken its price. But when she shows up... She takes... When Liza finally meets her... She takes her to like a house... Where it's like fully uh, shown to be like renovated. She's got furniture, all that. She's playing piano. Um, she's got her dog Dickie, and it's she's telling all these you know prophecies and how she's got to give Liza, or Liza needs to give up the hotel and uh, return to New York because it's just evil down there. Um, but at the same time, when Liza tells Doctor John about this, he's very skeptical. And even goes to the house she's talking about, and it's abandoned. The Ibin is there, and he finds the Ibin and is able to read it, but there's no one living in that house. And then we see her, we see Emily get killed in that house by the zombies. Well, no, they get attacked by the zombies. Her dog saves her, and then the dog kills her. And she definitely is bleeding when the dog is killing her. So what is she is an unfortunate victim of the hell world painting and uh i think she was able to come back on borrowed time but uh she was called back <laughs> but the problem is like i was she at the hotel though when that it happened in 1927 or was she at that home because that home isn't with the hotel it's in the town of New Orleans. So, like, I is she only did she only have to go through her experience in hell with Shwek because she had read the Ivan? And then that still doesn't explain how she even escaped because she screams at Shwek when he arrives in his corpse form that he can't take her back there. Yeah, I I don't remember what she says exactly, but I I thought. I was like getting the impression that she was she was allowed back with something to do but then she was going to be recalled but I think she was fighting against that but like I might have misread that entirely like I'm watching the scene she's like screaming out like I know you're there cuz she knows she can feel that Shwek has come back like the warlock has returned from hell with all of his you know minions or he himself is a minion to hell I guess I like the idea of that, that hell is a, a persisting and, like, 
conscious entity not so much that there is a satan but hell itself is a divine force i don't think that's what you meant at all but that sounds rad as shit <laughs> yeah she screams back at the vi- uh victor or th- at the zombies i don't want to come back you can't take me i don't want to go back just leave me in peace you can't make me go so oh, she's okay. been there she was in hell with schweck but how? How? Everyone else who died seemed to go. But, okay, at the beginning of this movie, we see Shwek. There are some people that are, like, on the boats that are going up to the hotel because they know that Shwek is dabbling in black magic. They get to the hotel, they get to the room, and they do crucify him in the basement of the hotel. And yeah. the only other people we see in the hotel is, like, one worker, like the desk clerk. And after they've crucified him, they set the hotel on fire. And everyone who attacked him is outside of the hotel. And Emily isn't there. She might be a hapless victim who found the book. But, like, that doesn't still explain how she got to hell. Because if she was reading the book inside her own home in 1927, she wasn't at the hotel. So how did she get there? How is she involved? Just reading the book itself? and But we don't even get, well, like, any sort of explanation on how she was there? I thought the uh, location of the hotel was the like the hell portal, though. It is in the basement of the hotel. So, yeah, I mean, regardless of how she ended up going to hell, I think she comes out of there anyways like everyone else has to. But it doesn't explain that at all. Like, Shwek you get an explanation for because as soon as Joe, the plumber, like, rips away the, like, bricking that is blocking the entry to hell... That is how Shwek comes back to life. That is how Shwek is rediscovered and begins his like uh like the the fall of like humanity because the portal to hell is opened. So how did she even get out? Uh Uh I thought the uh there was a window you know what i should have known so this is what happens guys when you let your windows when you let your pies cool on open windows people escape from hell that's just that's just science that's just science uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the best kind of science we got Real sad, tragic scene, but you knew it was coming after, like, the dog defends her, but then it comes back to, like, comfort her. And you're like, oh, the dog's gonna eat her face, isn't it? And it doesn't eat her. Well, it does sort of eats her face. It, like, bites off her neck, or bites her neck open, which is real nasty looking, real fucked up. Uh, and then it bites, like, where her ear is, but takes off, like, more chunks than I think. Like, a huge chunk that I think would, would come out, uh, barring taking bone. <laughs> So did the dog just crunch her bones right off? Kind of seems like it. Yeah, that's Because I think we're supposed to... Basically what we're supposed to get from that is the dog loses the fight against the zombies and is now a zombie itself. Oh, I mean, you know, it took care of the zombies, but yeah, I think it was grievously injured and or possessed in the struggle. Like, it's a, it's a rough scene when you watch your dog go turn on you. Now... I, so there's like this little girl with like uh, red hair or whatever and like she I think walks into the morgue where I think her mom was just killed yeah by a shit ton of acid and then we don't see it but something frightens the shit out of her and I guess she gets to see all of the facts of the hell world and thus her eyes also go like milky white Dude, that was the wildest sequence of this movie. Like, just for the people listening, just to really explain it. These people call a plumber to deal with the basement situation. And Joe is the one that is the is the plumber. He opens the doorway by accident. And Schweck is the one that ends up killing him. Like, rips his eye out, which, really great practical effects. Like, it was oh, a really... Yeah. Real gross. It was real gruesome and, and done really well. So it cuts to the morgue sequence where, like, Joe's body has been brought there. And then out of nowhere, we get introduced to Joe's wife, 
Barely explains that he's she's his wife. She's there. Then somehow gets like pushed into like a cabinet, falls to the ground, and then a just a whole jar of acid falls on her face, and she just lays there as she starts melting to death. And just does that slow drip. <laughs> so that's the slow drip. And then then Joe and the wife's daughter just walk in. Like, out of nowhere, we get three characters almost introduced right next to each other. It's a family. Two of them are dead within ten minutes. One of them sees the realms of hell and goes blind. Makes you wonder, like, did she look into the eyes of Shwek and, like, that's what happened? Because Shwek's corpse was also there next to him. It was a real cool tense scene when you see, like, the weird acid mixed with the mom's blood. Almost seem like it's chasing her. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the 1980s remake of The Blob. Yeah, it did look like The Blob, but yeah, and then it, it was pretty uh, horrifying. It uh, was. It was very What gruesome. happens to that girl? Oh, oh, it's so great. It's beautiful. Cause, so you see her at the funeral, and you know she's blind now, and yeah. the, the priest tries to tell her to like stay strong. Uh, then she vanishes. You never see her again. Until when shit starts hitting the fan hardcore and corpses are chasing everyone or just john and liza throughout the town john takes her back to the hospital to try to get a second opinion because he won't believe anything that's happening no one's in town the hospital's overrun with corpses uh so when liza makes it to the morgue the daughter's just there crying by herself with a bunch of bodies in a body bag including her parents' bodies which should have already been buried because she was at the funeral yeah so we got corpses popping off and shit i mean (laughs) body bags can make an appearance so let me to really accentuate this scene recognize this the first person who died in this movie gets crucified in a really brutal way the second person gets spooked by a ghost and falls off a scaffold. And it's kind of spooky. The third person gets their eyes ripped out. And it's gross. Gross and gruesome. Hell has been opened. His wife then gets melted by acid. Pretty insane. Someone gets eaten by uh, spiders. Which was egregious. This little girl's death. Oh my gosh. She ends up being possessed by one of the spirits of hell and tries to kill Liza. And as soon as John sees what's happening, turns around, pulls out his pistol, just blows half this little girl's face off in the most, like, zombie-esque facial explosion I've ever seen. And she just falls over dead. Like we watched, we watched the most gruesome experiences. But with this one, it's just like this little, like her head just exploded like a balloon. That was it. That's all she got. John, how did you know she was possessed? Possessed? <laughs> it's kind of like that. Like, look, look, look. I know we don't usually do this. Like, I'm, I have just recently started doing this podcast with, like, I'll have the the movie up to try and remember what we. Uh, what we missed out on. Uh, let me see if I can... I want to find it. I'm trying to find this sequence. Okay, okay. Do you have to, You have your Discord up, right? Oh, really? We're doing I've, this? I'm, I'm doing this. I did this with Nan earlier. Like, you've just got to watch this real quick. I want your reaction to it. All right. Well, you had my reaction the last time. All right. Just what remember it. Remember it. Yeah, that little girl got fucking scooped. <laughs> like, Her everybody fucking... gets, like, three minutes of a death sequence. She literally died in 15 seconds. Really? I mean... This bullet, like, caves her face in. <laughs> her constitution was weak. <laughs> she rolled a nat one on that con save. It sucks when that happens. There is no reviving on that one. No. Uh... And she's actually going to be the most terrifying corpse to look at that's reanimated. Yeah, it's true. So... I do want to talk about this ending, because you prefaced this with the whole idea of, like, oh, yeah, so it's a movie that, like, the ending is just so underrated, and people don't, not enough people talk about it. I do really like this ending. (laughs) It is good. Like, 
the one it's, the one bright part to, for me in this movie is its ending. I thought it was very poetic. It's a little well. I'm starting even before we get to the ending. Ending because we get around here. Special effects are pretty neat. As we just rewatched, uh, a fucking child gets her ha- head caved in with a bullet. That's mm-hmm. pretty magical. But uh, <laughs> it, was, it was magic. We have them wa- running around in this hospital. Zombies are just kind of appearing anywhere. They're shambling. They're not terribly fast or hard to keep up with. But it does show that zombie rules. If you shoot them in the brain, they seem to go down like a punk. <laughs> as, <laughs> as we all do, I think. But fucking John. John will not take a hint. He will not figure this out. Despite <laughs> the fact that he's done this like twi- twice or three times already. And he's still just like, all right, this is how it goes. Center mass, center mass. Or usually it's shoulder, shoulder, or like either like a rib, shoulder, and then like, then he'll do a headshot. He does it every <laughs> single fucking time. It was like you were basically trying to learn the attack pattern for a boss fight as you were just like, as the movie was going, you're like, okay, guys, ready? Shoulder, sh- uh, shoulder, chest, head. And that's how it would happen. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, just, it's just like John, like... <laughs> Don't you see what's work? Go for the head. He's like, well, that's not Except how they taught us in the, the academy. But, but here's the best part. Here's the best part. He does this sequence with all the zombies, but with a little girl, immediate headshot. <laughs> like, yeah, that guy doesn't had even... it out for her, man. <laughs> I think he just was like this little girl with her twin tails. <laughs> I hate Wendy's. Oh, and then I loved when this sequence was happening with Shwek because you were just like, all right, John, here we go. Shoulder, yeah, shoulder, yeah, headshot. This, this is the one that really counts, John. So what was, do you remember his sequence for that? No. <laughs> that one? I just know he shit the bed real hard on that, and all of us were just like, that scene from the naked gun where the whole crowd just face palms, <laughs> and we're just like, John. Come on, John. <laughs> it was really like shoulder, shoulder, chest, one. chest, and no ammo left. Yeah, uh, this scene was pretty cool. I really like the like this part from here on because like one, we showed from that moment where that guy uh, finds the the blueprint of the of the of the hotel uh, that it has some impossible space working with it because he had found like I guess a place that showed the 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 uh, that boarded off intro or the 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 the, the uh, part that was bricked off. Uh, but then after he gets eaten by spiders and shit, they show the book. And doesn't that that room just vanish from the blueprint or something in the blueprint changes? Yes. Uh, I think, what was it? I th- Let me pull up this sequence again. I'm pretty sure you're right. Like, the blueprints just change. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're right. They vanish. And like, so this- the entity makes uh, these plans disappear. So this is how I why I like that I think this shit really goes off the rails and why we have zombies just materializing in the hospital because its reach becomes amazing by this point because yeah not only can it just materialize zombies cuz I don't think all those were from the morgue sure it was a pretty busy morgue an unusually busy morgue but not that busy kind of seemed and, like every patient in the hospital died yeah yeah, because after a while, they can't find anyone living. It's like they're the last two people left. The only people that we anywhere. see left is Dr. John, Liza, the little girl, and Dr. John's colleague, Dr. Harris, who gets killed by the zombies. Yeah, and uh, it, it's really great because I think they try going through the elevator, and I think that doesn't work. So then they start running away from the zombies on stairs. And before you know it, goes from like a square, like descending staircase into like a spiral staircase, which leads. There was a spiral staircase leading directly to the basement. And yeah, sure enough, like you would call it while we're watching a movie, you're like, don't they realize where they are now? And like, yeah, they get to the bottom of these spiral stairs and they are in the basement. Impossible space has just immediately just has, has just a large range at this point. Like, hell has basically absorbed all of New Orleans, and it is its own reality, Marvel. It can just yeah. play hell, with as it pleases. Hell is expanding its reach, and it is fucked up, man. And I really like that, <laughs> that scene. Because, yeah, it was so seamless, just the shot from them going from those stairs down the spiral stairs all of a sudden. And you're like, wait, wait, why are they on spirals? No! <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, was, it was real good. And then 
it was a situation where like there was only one exit left and it was the portal into hell and dr john's just like let's go liza (laughs) no we're not gonna die from zombies we're going to hell if we're gonna have to die and go to hell then i'm just gonna walk into it myself which i can kind of respect i i can respect that type of confidence because at this point i feel like dr john was still kind of skeptic about everything going on like he's still looking for that rational uh explanation but then yeah you just get this very poetic ending rational explanation what an asshole (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my guy you shot zombies <laughs> and you went from a hospital to a hotel across new orleans there has to be an explanation though it can't just be like this there are rules reality is in place for a reason reality is nothing when you realize that it can be shaped and molded by other things yes <laughs> i do and then yeah they walk into this weird hellscape with a bunch of corpses on the floor it's a really interesting landscape. It's like gray, pallid. It's uh, like what we talked about with Dark Souls. Like it was almost like it was a field of ash, but not really ash, but dead earth itself. Like earth that has been burned to the point to where it shall never grow fruit again or any sort of life. It is barren and vast. And like it's almost like these corpses have turned into statues as they just kind of decay. Not even decay. They can't decay. They can only permeate, like in its exist in their own existence with this field, and no matter where you look, it is the same landscape. Turn around, you're looking at the same landscape. To your left, same landscape. Walk fifty miles in any direction, you're still in the same landscape. And then walk five hundred more to be the man who walked through hell. Hell to be there right at your. Yeah, man, Marshall Erickson was right. That song really grows on you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and then we transition from that shot of them walking into the distance of hell, I think, until eventually they disappear into darkness. Well, first they're blinded, and then they disappear. Well, see, you don't even have to look at hell for that long. You just have to be in there for five seconds. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, well, I can't see shit now. Well, it's probably better, that, <laughs> it's probably better we don't see what, what's going on here. You know what? I don't want to see what's about to happen. Uh, so they and then, yeah, they just vanish. Hell. Like, they, their existence just, like, merges into hell itself, particleizing themselves and into the wind. And then we transition from the landscape of hell to the painting of hell. Oh. <laughs> and then... Credits and they play. I would walk by miles and I that would be wa- the most batshit baller ass <laughs> choice for the credits theme. I think I would have ever imagined. <laughs> I would have loved that. I would have had a great time if that was the like the credit song <laughs> for this movie. <laughs> yeah, like the ending already had you, me, and everyone else going like, "What? Hold up." <laughs> <laughs> Hold up, and then like, yeah, is that what would happen? I, I, best movie of of the year. <laughs> even though it came out, in, <laughs> even though it came out in nineteen eighty one, best movie of twenty twenty three. Listen, rea- we just established that reality and continuity don't mean a thing. It could be whatever year we want it to be, wherever. <laughs> I'm talking to you from Vegas right now. Oh my gosh. Uh, hellscape in Vegas, sorry. What's crazy is this movie is an hour and a half, and as we're talking about this, there's characters we still didn't even talk about. We didn't talk about the landlady, Martha, or her son, her really creepy son, Arthur. Because, like, they're characters that are literally just kind of thrown away. Like, their purpose is served very quickly, and then they never need them again. Even the movie is like, hey, who are they? Where are they come? I don't know, they came with the hotel. Like, you buy a hotel, That's it comes right. with some help, like... I can't exactly fire him. I feel weird about it. (laughs) Turns out they've been squatting here for years. (laughs) I thought Martha was going to be like a big bad guy. And then we thought that that Joe's wife was Martha for a bit because like we didn't get a good shot of her. And she also has like medium length like brunette hair. Uh, but then, like, I was like, that doesn't quite look like her. And then later we see Martha, like, she's alive again. So I guess it wasn't her. <laughs> um, oh, 
what was I gonna say? Well, uh, there was one comment you also made because, like, so when when movies like this exist, they try to use like popular tropes to like tie their movie to hell more. Like, you know, Saint Peter's Cross is used, or like the flickering of electricity. For this one, like, it was an evil room situation too, and the room was room thirty six. <laughs> How does that invoke any sort of chill to your body? Like, ooh, look out for room 36. (laughs) What was the dumbass explanation I had? I was like, "Uh, you you see, three three plus like six equals nine. And then what's like, how do you, like, what's the the square root of nine? It's three, three, three. You double that and it's six, six, six. Man, it's like the dumbest fucking shit. I think what you said was like, it's three and you see... Three. <laughs> or was now, like, if you take two threes, you get a six. So that's three, three, three. <laughs> like, it's one of those things I tried to work my way backwards, realize I don't know math. I'm just a dog. <laughs> and, then, and then it was like, I have to try to fix this. But yeah, guys, so look out for Ebens, for Portals to Hell. For blind people that have really beautiful blind eyes that have, like, stone cracked in them that have dogs that shouldn't have dogs that have maybe been to hell but maybe not have been to hell. And also, uh, look out for the number 36. You know what I just realized? What? Never mind. I still don't know math, so I was going to say something and it's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Now I kind of want to hear what you were going to say. It's fine. Is it? Is it fine? I was like, all right, still trying to think how to get the number 36. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, like... Six times six is 36? But that isn't, that's not anything either. I'm still missing a six! <laughs> like I you said, I don't so do hard math. To get to that number. <laughs> I'm just a Labrador retriever in a lab coat. I can't figure out numbers. You know what I will say that is that I can give a point to this movie in its favor? Yeah. It is a movie that depicts hell and deals with the concept of hell, but never once relies on religion. It doesn't talk about Satan. They don't talk about God. They don't talk about saviors that will come and bring you to the gates of heaven. It is just hell alone, which at least, you know, that's nice. Like, they tried to do a film that didn't reveal, like lean on like well if i just have a cross i'm gonna be okay you know yeah uh, that's why I like that's what i was saying i like that bit that i was just saying that um it was it wasn't explained you're right but it's one of those like who's to say that hell's plans are even comprehensible to us like we have our own little stories and this little these things that we say that are like oh yeah this is directly connected to like satan and the underworld i was like man they don't know our story for shit like <laughs> That's kind of, like, keep you know what this dark. depiction of hell kind of reminded me of? The concept of hell from Hellraiser 2, where it was just like, it is not anything you've ever imagined. Like, yeah. no matter what depiction you've read, like, this is like a fully its own, it almost uh, basically has its own sentience. Like, there is no, like, ruler to hell. Hell itself is just alive. Mm-hmm. And so, I, like, I like that concept. I do too. I'll give it. I'll give this movie that for sure. Like it's got a. It it tries to use a really cool concept, but it really just brings us to the final question. So, Kaz, that's me. Did you like it? I did. All right. <laughs> I, like, I like these weirdo fucking movies from like this era. It's like the Suspiria, like Lair of the White Worm, all that shit. Um, I. It's just. It's just something about it. It's just so grotesque and fucked up and weird uh and yeah it's got a couple of parts where it's like yeah it's just either wacky or it doesn't make any goddamn sense and it's dumb but it doesn't care it just is like <laughs> fuck, fuck you it was it was uh, it was a good ass moment why was she in the window because that was scary as shit to see at the moment man <laughs> fuck you this is my movie yeah <laughs> it's like oh i'm sorry didn't make no sense you go make your own fucking movie man <laughs> You know, so yeah, it's it's unapologetically just like gory, 
and absurd, obscene and over the top. And I kind of like it for those reasons. Uh, and then, yeah, like I really, I actually really did like the ending. Um, like, even though the ending leaves you with a lot of questions, and you're like, "Wait, what?" and it's not, it's not resolved. I sometimes like unresolved endings because, once again, I, I don't have to comprehend hell. Hell doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's great. Um, Squarin. Yes. So, did you like it? I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. It wasn't a situation where, like, I will tell. Like, I will vehemently oppose this movie till my dying day. It's a situation where, like, I can never see myself watching this movie again by myself. And I would only show this movie to people that like this certain type of film. Like, this is not a film what I kind would of ever bring up in my, in my day-to-day, you know? Like, it just... Like, and I like films like this, like... Uh, uh, that use prosthetics like this, like, that aren't particularly good films, but fun to watch like this movie kind of reminds me of like the ridiculousness of the film Dagon you know but and I, and I do enjoy those films it's just with this one there were certain things that I felt like it was missing that like were certain explanations that would have kind of helped the movie not explaining hell but at least explaining certain things about the characters that were involved and maybe try to work a little bit on its coherence but I'm not going to say it's a bad film fully. It's a cult film. This is a cult film. Your audiences will love it. Critics are always going to hate it. But it's really not for me. I'll, I'll, I'll concede you this. I probably won't, don't see a, a, a time where I'm just going to sit down and be like, you know what? I'm going to rewatch that movie. That sounds badass. I might like Google like certain bits that I'm like, oh, yeah, let's see that fucked up shit again. Let's see this fucking child get her fucking ca- skull caved in again. So I might like <laughs> Google like parts of it, but I don't think I'll ever watch it. To be honest, is most of the I think that'll come of this movie is just. I don't know, something might remind it, me of it, and I might reference it and sound like the most pretentious asshole. <laughs> and that's about it, probably. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's a great part. It's like that part at the end of Beyond, the Beyond. And people are like, what's that movie? I'm like, oh, you don't know that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that's about it. I'm just... Yeah, I don't, I don't see myself using this movie as like a way to accentuate my film knowledge, you know? It's like, oh, yes, if I could just bring up the 1981 classic The Beyond, I can fully explain camera angles. I don't know. I always get those random ass, like, just things that remind me of things. So it'll probably come up eventually on my deathbed. I'd say to anyone who's listened to this episode, if you are interested in, like, these 80s gore fest films, check it out. Like, you might love it, you might hate it, but at least you'll, you'll have seen the movie and get to form your own opinion on it but it's a take it or leave it kind of situation for me yeah if you like those kind of grindhouse slash splatterhouse type movies this is one of them again we will tell you the effects of this movie are really good you'll enjoy the special effects will you enjoy everything else that's up to you so Kaz what do you got going on in your life um exhaustion I'm tired Fiesta's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, Fiesta's in full swing. Uh, but yeah, I guess I also stream from time to time. Uh, me and Bubs oh, are doing co-op uh, for Resident Evil, where we're both sharing half of a controller. That's fucked up. That's uh, very fucked up. And then Nan's become exclusively a vampire survivor streamer, so that's fun. Um... Vampire Survivor and Wild Hearts. There you go. That's about it. That's all we got going. You can check that shit out. You can see these episodes live on twitch.tv forward slash second respawn. That's number two, the letters ND, and the word respawn all together. No hyphen, no space, no nothing. And you can hear all the dumb shit that uh, thankfully Tucker cuts. What about you, Square? What do you got going on in your life that makes you so special? Absolutely nothing. I never said I was special. How dare you put those words in my mouth. I will say what's going on in my life is I've, I still have my Twitch channel. It is going through some renovations right now, so you won't actually see me live a lot at the moment as I kind of set some stuff up. Uh, but I'm very happy to say that 
for the people that know about the D&D stuff I run on my channel, I will be having some one-shots return sometime in June. Uh, that will be a little bit, a lot of fun, a lot of my own personal stories I've gotten prepared. Uh, if you're interested in that, you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash Sir Squarin. Sir, S-Q-U-A-R-I-N. Um, you can also find me uh, on Twitter at Sir Squarin as well. Uh, but the biggest shout out of all goes to our editor at Tucker Wins on Twitter or uh, twitch.tv forward slash Tucker underscore wins. This dude puts in a lot of work for us every week to edit these podcasts, to make them listenable and maybe somewhat enjoyable. And we honestly just want to thank him for that, as well as, you know, if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoyed any of our other episodes, please feel free to share. You know, word of mouth is always what gets people out there, so we would appreciate that. Uh, but we just hope you've had a good time this week. Kaz, have you decided what... Do you, do you have an idea for a movie next week? I never know. I just kind of sit here and let the movies happen to me. All right. Next week, we're watching Anaconda. There you go. Hell yeah. John Boyd. An Ice Cube. I was about to say. I got my ices confused. <laughs> Your ices have been confused. This isn't good. We got J-Lo. Uh, one uh, of the Wilsons. I'm going to say not Luke. It's Owen. That's the one. <laughs> uh, who else is in it? But I feel yeah, like there's also that's... a major name in it. It's John Voight. No, it's it's fuck. Uh, Frank Welker is the snake. That's what it is. You've gotta be shitting me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>